If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. The title of today's message is Living in True Freedom. Living in True Freedom. A study conducted by the McCormick Tribune Freedom Museum found that Americans apparently know more about television programs and advertising slogans than they do about the basic freedoms guaranteed to them by the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. How many of us does that come as a surprise to? Probably none, okay? The study found that 22% of Americans could name all five members of the fictional Simpson family, while only one in 1,000 could name all the five freedoms outlined in the First Amendment. The study also found more people could name the three judges from American Idol than their first three rights under the First Amendment. Uh, Respondents were more likely to remember popular advertising slogans from television than their basic freedoms. The survey found that many people misidentified their basic rights. One in five, 20% thought the right to own a pet was protected under the Constitution. I kid you not. 38% thought that the Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination was in the First Amendment. It's not. It's in the Fifth. So, bottom line is, Americans uh, in general are not too well versed on their freedoms. Well, similarly this morning, many Christians are unaware of the freedoms they have in Christ, especially their freedom from the bondage of sin, and therefore they fail to live in true freedom. We're talking about true freedom today. Thank God for the freedom we still have in this nation. Although our freedoms are being uh, taken from us, one by one. But thank God this is still the greatest, freest nation on the face of the earth. But I submit to you there's a greater freedom uh, that God has bequeathed to us. It's freedom from the bondage of sin. So for the next few minutes, I want to answer the question, what must we understand to live in freedom from sin's bondage? What must we understand to live in freedom from sin's bondage? And I'll be sharing with you from Romans Chapter 8. First thing we need to understand uh, to live in freedom from sin's bondage is our freedom from sin's legal condemnation. Our freedom from sin's legal condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son and the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according 
to the Spirit. Freedom from sin's legal condemnation. This, these first four verses of uh, Romans A are filled with legal uh, terms. The term condemnation in the Greek is, was the pronouncement of a sentence against someone who has committed a crime. And Paul the Apostle says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul said that earlier here in Romans chapter 3. And so we know that all of us in this world have a condemnation, a death sentence upon us. Did you know that? Because that is our natural state. That is our state in the flesh, in our sinful nature. But the Lord God Almighty has provided a way of escape, amen, through his son Jesus Christ. And Paul says here, those who are in Christ Jesus, in other words, those who have availed themselves of the salvation, the freedom that Christ bought on the cross, now have no condemnation. There is no sentence upon them. They are free from that. Paul says the reason for that is the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. He goes on to say what the law, the Old Testament law, was powerless to do in that it was weakened by sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And then I love Paul's language here. This is so ironic and yet powerful. He says, so he condemned sin in sinful man. Don't you love that? There's no condemnation on us. Jesus has turned the tables. Amen? Jesus has turned things around. Aren't you glad we serve a God who turns things around? Hallelujah. Do you remember when he turned your life around? He said, it says Jesus condemned sin. He, he pronounced a death sentence upon sin in your life and in my life. And it says that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Listen, Paul made it clear elsewhere in the book of Galatians. We could never, ever be saved by adhering to a code, by keeping a law, by trying, by gritting our teeth and trying to do everything right and trying never to sin. We could never be saved that way. Amen. How many know that's true today? We're incapable. It's not within us to do so. But the scripture says that because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, when he condemned sin in us, he made us fulfill the righteous requirements of the law, something we could not do on our own. Hallelujah. And so we who are deserving of death, we who had a sentence of condemnation upon us, have been set free, and now there is no condemnation. Hallelujah. Someone on death row may get a temporary stay of execution. That happens frequently. But short of a pardon, he is still under condemnation. He may still be alive, but the principle of death is at work in him. You've heard the expression in, in, in movies and legal TV shows, dead man walking, right? Right? When he's walking to the execution chamber, he's technically still alive, but legally he's as good as dead because there's a death sentence. There is a condemnation on him. Uh, but if a pardon comes, he's free of that condemnation no matter what he has done. 
Listen, the word of God is clear, church. If you and I have received Jesus Christ, if we have availed ourselves of the work he did at the cross and shedding his blood and offering his life for you and me, there is now therefore no condemnation on us. Nobody can point the finger at us. Nobody can say there's a sentence of guilt on you. But the world tries, doesn't it? To point a finger. And how many know the enemy of our souls tries? The scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. That's his stock and trade. That's his number one tool to accuse you. And Satan will remind you. He'll put thoughts in your mind. He'll remind you, you're no Christian. You're, you're no righteous person. Look at what you did. Look at how you fail. Don't you ever forget what you did back then uh, a few years ago and, how you, and what you said and what you did. And you have failed. And look, you try to do the right thing and you fail again. You can never fail. You can never be righteous. You're as guilty as you ever were. You know what Jesus called him? The father of lies. Hallelujah. We just sang about it. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. And I thank God that I can lay my head on the pillow at night and know there's no condemnation on me, that I am free. Hallelujah. There's no death sentence on me and there's no death sentence on you. Hallelujah. Because you have been set free uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so legally, before God, we stand free. The Bible says in one place, he has thrown our sins in the sea of his forgetfulness. Now, now that's metaphorical language. God is perfect. God, God doesn't literally forget. But it's as in regard to our sin, when he looks up the record, and when he looks up the record book, he says, uh, sit, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't find anything here. I find the records clear. Hallelujah. Because it's as if he's forgotten our sin, that it's ever taken place. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation. Uh, we are free from sin's condemnation. Don't let anyone else, and don't you yourself, ever put yourself under a cloud of condemnation. You've been set free from the legal condemnation of sin. Hallelujah. What's the second thing we need to understand to live in freedom from sin's bondage? It's our freedom from sin's psychological control. Our freedom from sin's psychological control. Romans 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Our freedom from sin's psychological control, sin's control of the mind. Sin begins in the mind. You aware of that? We talk about the flesh, and the flesh is a, a phrase used in the King James Bible. Paul here, here in the NIV, it reverses to it as sinful nature. But sin begins in the mind. James 1, 14 and 15 says this, Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after sin is conceived, it gives birth, uh, rather after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth 
to death. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is to use sin to control our minds. Paul says here, those who live according to the sinful nature, those who submit to the flesh, the sinful nature, have their minds on what that nature desires. Do you ever wonder why sometimes, even as a Christian, you just don't seem to do the right thing? And sometimes you give in to your baser instincts and you follow the way of the flesh, the sinful nature? Well, that's because, read Romans 7. Paul said it's a battle. Come on, it's just us here, right? Can we, can we be honest today? How many, how many have a battle with the flesh, the sinful nature? I have two hands up, okay? And Paul said that's part, that was his experience. That's our experience. Because that sinful nature, that flesh, uh, wants to rise up within us. And so we have a choice to make each and every day. Do we submit to the desires of our sinful nature or do we submit to the desires of God's Holy Spirit? Paul says if we're submitted, if we're focused on what the sinful nature desires, then uh, we're going to live in accordance with that. But if we live in accordance with the Spirit, uh, we're going to have our mindset on what the Spirit desires. Look at what else he says here. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind of the sinful, uh, my, the sinful mind is hostile to God. Do I have to tell you that this world is hostile to God and the things of God? Go, go online, read, a, read a, an article about one of the hot-button moral issues of our day. Transgender issues and children and same-sex marriage and abortion and some of these other things. Just read an article, then read the comments afterward. You'll see what the hostile mind is, the, 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 the natural mind, what the attitude of it is toward God and the things of God. Hostile doesn't even cover it. The sinful mind is hostile to God. He goes on. He says it doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Did you know that? If, if, if we allow ourselves to be controlled by our sinful nature, we can't please God. We can't do enough to please God and, and follow his ways. Paul, though, speaking to the Romans, Roman Christians, says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, His Spirit comes and takes residence uh, within us. And so, in addition to that sinful nature that's still there we have a new nature within us amen it's the nature uh, of the holy spirit it's the nature that gives life and not death and as i said a moment ago we have a choice to submit to the sinful nature or to submit uh, to the nature of the spirit within us but in christ we have freedom from sin's control over our minds if we would take advantage of it from studying the brain, scientists have found that repeated thoughts actually create physical grooves in the brain. Did you know that? When we practice a skill, learn a sport, or study facts, a little trench is carved into our brain tissue. No wonder habits are hard to break. 
There are, there are they are literally, literally physically carved into our brains. One must make a new brain groove to break a habit. And so, if even as Christians we are in the habit of submitting to the flesh, our sinful nature, and, 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 and giving vent to what the sinful nature desires, we need to form new habits. When temptation comes our way, we need to say, I say no to that temptation. I say yes to the Holy Spirit within me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. Help me to say no to this temptation. Help me to move in the direction that you would have me move into. Help me to be submitted to, your, to you, Holy Spirit. And the more we are filled with the Spirit, the easier it becomes. I said when we're saved, the Spirit resides within us. But uh, there's also a subsequent experience. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit to where we become filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. And what a great uh, tool that is to help us submit to the Spirit. The great evangelist D.L. Moody was um, speaking to a large audience. He held up an empty glass. And he said, how can I get the air out of this glass? One man shouted, suck it out with a pump. Moody replied, well, that would create a vacuum and would shatter the glass. After numerous other suggestions, Moody smiled, picked up a pitcher of water, and filled the glass. He held it up. He said, there, the air is now removed. He went on to explain that victory in the Christian life is not accomplished by sucking out a sin here and there, but by being filled with the Holy Spirit. How do, we, how do we submit to the Spirit and, and say no to the sin nature that's within us? We say, Spirit, come fill me. Spirit, come flood my being. Spirit, I need more of you. Uh, we have freedom from sin's control over our minds if we would avail ourselves of it. And, and as I said, sin begins in the mind. And if you find yourself, and listen, I've had to deal with this. We all do, Okay. Public disclosure, as your pastor have to deal with thoughts that aren't of God. Oh, pastor, not you. Yes, me. And you too. Because we're human beings. Amen. Paul said, I die daily. I have to say no to the flesh every moment of every day of my life. No to the flesh. And so we need to have the Holy Spirit come and take control of our minds. Do me a favor. Right now, pray this prayer with me. Holy Spirit, come take control of my mind. Help me to submit, not to the sin nature within me, but to your nature within me. Help me to say no to the flesh and yes to you. Help me to realize that I have freedom from sin's control of my mind if I would take advantage of it. Help me to think your thoughts, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So we need to realize that we have freedom from sins, psychological control, freedom from the thoughts that aren't of God, the thoughts that give vent to our sin nature. So if you're here today or watching online and you find yourself uh, when, you're, when you're alone, when you're by yourself, you know, we think, uh, well, well, you know, the one private domain I have is my thought life because nobody can know what I'm thinking and I can smile, right, and be friendly to people inside. I can be, you know... 
saying all manner of things about someone or something because that's, that's the private domain of my mind. But guess what? God can see into your mind and my mind. God knows our thoughts. And it's time for us as Christians to say, Lord, I, I, I want you to cleanse my thought life. I want to be filled with the thoughts of your spirit and yield to your spirit and say no to the sin nature within me. Help me to know that you've given me freedom over sin's um, control of my mind. What's the third thing we need to understand uh, to live in freedom from sin's bondage? It's this, our freedom from sin's eternal consequences. Our freedom from sin's eternal consequences. Verse 10 says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Our freedom from sin's eternal consequences. Now, in this life, in the physical life, there are consequences to sin. Because sin entered the world, our bodies decay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I see some people around my age or older shaking their heads. Yes, some of you, you have a great surprise coming. But, you know, our, our bodies decay. Why? Because that's part of the curse of sin. Okay? That we age, we get old. One day we're all going to die physically. And that, that will happen to all of us. But there are far more important consequences to sin if the Spirit of God is not within us. And Paul says here in verses 10 and 11 that if God's Spirit is living in you, in other words, if you've received Christ and His Spirit living in you, though your physical body will experience death, you will not experience spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God. And your body, your physical body, will be resurrected to eternal life. I know that someday, unless Jesus comes beforehand, I know that someday this body will expire. Someday I'm going to go into the ground. But I also know that when Jesus comes, uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, the dead in Christ will rise first. Let me tell you, there are going to be a lot of uh, body-sized holes in graveyards all around the world. Because when Jesus comes, uh, mortal bodies of believers are going to burst up from those graves and, and be un united with their spirit and be with Christ forevermore. Hallelujah. That's the blessed hope of the church. Amen. And so uh, that's why we don't fear physical death as Christians. At least we shouldn't. That's why we don't fear. Because death, natural physical death will come. But it's not the end. Hallelujah. We have a hope beyond the grave. We have a hope uh, to live with Christ in eternity. If we have his spirit within us, if we receive Christ as our Savior, we don't have to fear physical death because one day we're going to live forever. Hallelujah. We are free from the eternal consequences of sin. I think of the thief on the cross. You remember Jesus was crucified with two thieves. One of them the scripture tells us, would uh, join in the, with the soldiers and others and curse Jesus and mock him. But the other one rebuked the other thief and turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? This day, 
you will be with me in paradise. Pastor Tim, but, but he was a thief. He even admitted it. He said, we deserve the punishment we're getting, he said to the other thief. He admitted he lived a life of sin. He deserved the punishment he uh, was receiving. But in those dying moments, he turned to Jesus and asked for forgiveness. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And in that moment, in that split second, his eternal destiny was changed. Hallelujah. He was bound for eternal death, for eternal separation from Almighty God. Hallelujah. But one word from the Lord Jesus Christ and his eternal destiny was changed. And, and now he was bound for eternity with Almighty God. Why is that? It's because when Christ comes in our lives, when his spirit takes residence within us, we receive freedom from the eternal consequences of sin. We are no longer under a sentence of death but we're under a sentence of eternal life hallelujah so we don't have to fear death they can can kill the body they can't kill the soul are you thankful for that today yeah. hallelujah Amen. hallelujah that's why at the funeral service of a, a godly man or woman you hear the scripture repeated we don't sorrow as those who have no hope Oh, we, we, we mourn, we weep at our loss, don't we? Because we're human. But not like those without hope. <laughs> because we have hope beyond the grave. Because we're going to be reunited. Because we are free from sin's eternal consequences. Hallelujah! Amen. Glory to God, glory to God. In conclusion today, you know, it's one thing for freedom to be declared... It's another thing for it to become a reality. You with me? The Declaration of Independence, signed on July 4, 1776, declared that the American colonies were free. But it took a seven-year war to make it a reality. The Emancipa Emancipation Proclamation, signed on January 1, 1863, by President Abraham Lincoln, declared that all slaves in the Confederate States were legally free. But it wasn't until June 19th, 1865, Juneteenth, that just came passed, that slaves in Texas actually became free. I'm here to tell you today, God not only declared us to be free from sin, but he made it a reality. Hallelujah. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God, we have freedom today. We asked the question at the beginning of the message, what must we understand to live in freedom from sin's bondage? First, we need to understand our freedom from sin's legal condemnation. We're now no longer under a, a, a death sentence. We're now no longer uh, adjudged guilty and have a con condemnation heaped on us. Secondly, we're free from sin's psychological control. We do not have to yield control of our mind to our sin nature, to our flesh, but the Spirit of God within us can help us to think the thoughts God wants us to think. Because as we said, sin begins in the mind. And if we want victory over sin, if we want to experience true freedom from sin, we need to know the freedom of our minds that comes with the Spirit of God living within us. 
And thirdly, we said our freedom, we have freedom, we need to understand our freedom from sin's eternal consequences. Our physical bodies will die, yes, but our spirit will live on and be united with our bodies and we'll live forever and ever with our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're free today.